an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome in. A good morning to you. Monday edition of Hardwood Handicappers is here. We got a full room today. Zach Cohen is here. Kelly Bidlin is here. A, a good change from just me rambling into the void all by myself on Friday. It was, uh, <laughs> it's not great, especially, Were you uh, lonely? Uh, uh, you, well, I was lonely, but also, I don't know if you guys do a lot of like solo, like talking like at, at length. No, it's um, weird. Yes, I know. Well, it's, it's tough. It's, so it's weird. And it's also, I find myself, I don't know, maybe I'm, is it an out of shape thing? I don't know. I find the need to burp a lot. Like there's, because I'm just <laughs> talking and like, you know what I mean? And just like inhaling, like there's times where I just got to like, Go off mic and just kind of let a little air out, you know, or sometimes you get a spit build up in your mouth. So then, you know, you're kind of got to got to take one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And swallow your spit, you know, kind of thing. So that, that, those are the dangers. So if anybody was listening, it was like, what's going on here? There's just some bodily issues. So what's going say, on, what other bodily functions are going on with you lately, JVT? I mean, that way we could talk for a long time. It's whatever. It's whatever. All right. So what's going on? Uh, Zach, I'll start with you because uh, I am intrigued. So when we uh, when we when we all got in the room together, because. It, it is interesting, you know, NBA season, even for us, because we all have different duties, and that involves uh, football. I'm heavily involved in the college football stuff. Zach, you write for the website, you write everything. Kelly, of course, uh, you have a show on the weekends that is involved in football. So um, I don't think it is surprising that the NBA takes a little bit of a backseat during the weekends. But I got some hoops watching uh, in. I've got a takeaway or two from what we watched over the weekend. But, Zach, you got one that you said you wanted to save. So and you kind of perked up when I asked the question. So I'm very interested. What is Zach Cohen's takeaway from the weekend of NBA action? Yeah, I don't know why I perked up because it's one that's not good for me. But I would oh, okay. say that I'm feeling terrible about the Rockets over 31 and a half right now. Yeah. I just feel like it's a new cast of players, but there's the same hatred for one another on the court. I just don't think I've ever seen a group of guys – you know, less cohesive on the basketball court than these, you know, two years in a row, these Rockets. I just think that there's a lot of standing around, a lot of moping around. I don't think they have any idea what to do with Jabari Smith. Uh, defensively, they're horrible. You know, a defensive rating of 115 through three games. And offensively, they're even worse. I think, you know, I thought that Fred Van Vliet would come in and bring some, you know, veteran presence that would help them. But, you know, people were cautious about it all summer saying, you know, he's another 
kind of ball dominant guard that wants to shoot for himself. It just looks like a really sloppy basketball team. And I watched them play the Spurs and oh. I watched them play the Warriors. And I just think both games were terrible performances. And I don't really think, I don't really see a path to 32 wins anymore. Oh, I will say this really quickly. I'm going to try to calm myself down. It, it is great how early it is. I love, I love we, it. We, I will say we, because Kelly, Zach and I were on the same side on Friday night. We should have at least one win in pocket. Kelly, did you watch what happened in this Rocket Spurs game on Friday? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Jabari yep. with, the, with the missed free throws, the layup, at the, all of this nonsense. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't. do. You just got to hit one. You just got to hit one, and we're good, and we're golden. And instead, Wembanyama gets a layup. All oh, this nonsense. So, But I would agree with you for the most part watching him. Um, when the highlight of your season is actually Steph Curry obliterating Dylan Brooks multiple times in a single possession, it's not really going great. And Zach, to your point, I didn't think they were actually going to be, when I wrote about it in the guide, I didn't think they were going to be very good on offense, right? I, I still figured, again, this is going to be a team that was struggling to find their identity on offense. But I figured with Brooks, with Van Vliet, Ime Udoka, I thought they were going to be better on defense. And that has not transpired at all. And that's kind of the worrying thing for me, that you could get to like 32-ish wins if you were going to be closer to average on defense. But through three games, that is not the case. Yeah. and Yeah. Offensively, I don't think I expected much, but I definitely expected better than a one-on-one offensive yes. game through three games. <laughs> yep. It's been pretty bad. Kelly, you have any observations or you want me to go? Um, no. Well, one, I was going to say, I, you don't I, have to I, make I, one up on the spot if you don't have No, I was going to say, I got a couple. One of the ones we were talking about before we started recording, I don't know what this Atlanta Hawks team is. Like, this is, this is yeah. confusing the first week of the season so far. Like, I don't know whether to hate my bets immediately or if this is a team that just needs some time. Um, I would say early observations. I got that on my mind right now. So far, fading the Grizzlies is working out really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, on the other side of the, I don't know what to make of this team. It's the Indiana Pacers. Cause I don't know if I was, uh, I wasn't one of those people that was particularly high on this team heading into it. And I think they've looked pretty dang impressive so far to me. So uh, yeah, those would be my big observations. I think from the past few days and really, I guess since the start of the season. Yep. Uh, Indiana, too, for those who don't know, only two games played, but 2-0 against the spread. Uh, both games have gone over the total by a mile. That's like one of the big observations. You know, the, one of the, the first game on the rotation today is Bulls and Pacers, and that thing's gotten bet up already by about two and a half, three points. So not really surprising. Focusing on the Hawks really quickly, because we're all we were all kind of high in some way, shape or form yeah. on the uh, Atlanta Hawks. I like you. you I, they are a confusing team. I thought that loss on Sunday for Milwaukee was more about the Bucks than it was about Atlanta. Chris Middleton didn't play. Marshawn Beauchamp was like getting like solid minutes for them. You know what I mean? Like they were yeah. kind of exploring the bench a little bit. Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo played less than 30 minutes. It was actually weird. So I rewatched the game this morning. And as I'm watching it, like you're at, you're like Damian Lillard sits, I think at some point, like pretty early in the first quarter, I want to say somewhere around like the, like five to seven minutes in. And then all of a sudden he checks back in though, like with like six minutes left in the second quarter. And I was like, wait, where's he been this whole time? It kind of just hit me that like he's just been sitting around and like they haven't really been using him. So I don't know if it's like a minutes thing or whatever they're doing, but less than 30 minutes for both him and Giannis in that loss to Atlanta. It was kind of just one of those weird games where I think the coaching staff was just exploring their bench and seeing what they got, especially with Chris Middleton not playing. So I, in other words, I still worry about Atlanta. Like that yeah. was a solid win, but I thought that was more about the Milwaukee Bucks just kind of like, that's yeah, the third game. Let's try some stuff out, you know? And, that, and Dame uh, shot terribly in, a, in yep. what's a really good matchup for a backcourt player. So it was just yep. kind of a really fluky game. Yeah, that, that that too. I'm really, I don't know about you guys, but that is, I didn't get to watch a ton of that game yesterday, but the 
Um, this Bucks dynamic is going to be fascinating to see how it works on, works out. Because I, I, I even thought that first game was a great example of Giannis is going to have to learn how to play off the ball a whole lot more than he's ever been asked to in his entire career. And that is, it's a, it's a big ask for a guy that, you know, had, doesn't, particularly have the best skill set shooting wise for that. So it makes him a little bit more one dimensional of what he can do there. It's a really fascinating dynamic that I cannot wait to watch kind of grow as the season goes on. Cause I think it will grow. I really still have confidence that they'll get there, yep. but I there's early in the season. It just looks like there's more times than not that it makes more sense for the ball to be in Dame's hands at the end of a game. And uh, I, I think that's going to be an interesting development throughout the season. I mean, at the very least, in the 76ers game, they showed pretty clearly he was willing to do it, right? Yep. Like, Lillard had some pretty clutch buckets for him, including the big three at the end. My observation actually does stem from that game, too, uh, which is very quietly, through two games, a defensive rating of over 120 for the Milwaukee Bucks. So just some, just something to watch. I don't think it's, you know, it's small game sample size, and it's not been a lot of picking on Damian Lillard. Like I said, the Hawks, they killed him in transition. Like, they were running as yeah. often as they possibly could off live rebounds, and the Bucks just have no interest in getting back on time. So maybe it's just an early season. Like, just let the young kids run. Like, holy crap, man. Like, we're only two games in. Uh, it was did, also, but we, but we did expect a bit of a dip in the defense. Like, oh, I, sure, that's but be not a thing a, that happens, right? Not but the a one then has to make rating. up for it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Also, the broadcast did make a good point. They played Thursday, high emotion game, right? Opening night, Philadelphia 76ers. Then you get two days off, and then you play Sunday, the front end of a back-to-back -back where you're going to rest Chris Middleton. It's kind of just like a weird, yeah. you know what I mean, lull after getting the season started. So we'll see if there's more about the spot than anything else. Uh, have, all right, go ahead. I got two questions for you guys real quick. Yep. Do you think Is there anything with the minutes? Do you think there's anything to read into there of as far as some of these teams trying to avoid – have, feeling like they need to rest guys on games to possibly, you know, not get in trouble or draw more ire from the public uh, over resting players. Uh, do you think there's something there? Not at all. And like you said, we're just beginning of the season. And we're trying to figure out rotations. more. So. so I think so, but this is the, so actually there's a scenario here tonight. So let's, let's do this to start at the bottom of the rotation. Cause I think it ties in. All right. Orlando and Los Angeles. So the new rest policy that everybody keeps talking about, right? There is something in there that the league has stressed, which is not resting players in road games because the other fans don't get to see them very often. Yeah. So what we're starting to see now, Jimmy Butler sat out at home. Chris Middleton sat out at home. Devin Booker didn't play in the home opener for the Phoenix Suns. So what's starting to happen early on is we're seeing these players rest, but they're resting at home. They're not resting on the road. So let's go to the last game tonight. Orlando Magic at the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James is the question. Is he going to play or is he not? The, I haven't seen anything official yet, but if we're going with what we've seen already, LeBron played in Sacramento, right? It was near like the 20th anniversary of like his first game, whatever it was. It's an overtime game in which, by the way, minutes restriction, what the hell happened there? Like he plays 35 minutes against the, uh, what's it, who would they play the second game? The Suns. He plays 39 yeah. minutes yesterday. So I don't know what the hell's going on with this yeah. supposed minutes restriction, but I would I, say, I did... Kelly, to answer your, your question real quick, yeah, I think it's spots like this. You're looking for teams back at home to potentially rest their guys as opposed to on the road. And I think we've started to see that play out a little bit. Yeah, it did seem like there was a little bit more clarification because, I mean, I, obviously after that first game, it was that was the big thing. I thought the LeBron minutes takeaway, and let's watch that. Hey, Darvin Ham, they did mention it during that Suns game that it was, yeah, they're going to shoot for 28 to 30, but it's not like 
if he's at 29, 30 minutes with two minutes left and they're in a game, right. they're going to take LeBron off the court. So, yeah, right. I think it's – So, there's no minutes restriction. Deal with that. <laughs> like, so, so, yeah, there's, really- <laughs> there's only a minutes restriction when you're in a blowout win or loss, apparently. Right. Yeah. Which and is also, it is LeBron's team. And, like, he was so vocal about not wanting the minutes restriction that I think that if you're Darvin Ham, you're like, whatever, I just got to play him. Yeah. Which is also weird, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. like, this is, we've always joked about LeBron making all these decisions himself. Is someone really in the Lakers, either front office or the coaching staff, being like, LeBron, you got, like, you're sitting down. You're only playing yeah. this much. Like, because you're right. By all accounts so far, he's been kind of against it, which has me confused over all of this. Yep. So right now the number is uh, Lakers minus two with a total of 218. Uh, as I mentioned, it's the second leg of a back-to-back, so we uh, we don't get injury reports for teams on back-to-backs a little bit later in, until a little bit later in the day. Uh, let's see. I don't think they have submitted an injury report yet. No, not yet. So still a question as to whether or not he is, LeBron, going to play. Zach, I'll start with you because I think you do have something here, correct? Yeah, one of my best bets for tonight was under 220.5. I'd play that down to 218.5. I just think, you know, the Magic – through two games, got to mention it's through two games, second in the league in defensive rating, last in pace of play. They want to play slow. They want to grind out wins, and I don't think it's that much different on the other side. I think the Lakers, you know, 15th in D rating, not a great half-court offense. I don't think that you're at risk of either one of these teams really running it up unless, you know, the Lakers are without LeBron and play a few, you know, floor-spacing heavy lineups. Maybe that changes things a bit. But at the same time, I think I'd still trust the Magic defensively to get the job done there. And yeah. I just think it'll be a low-scoring, kind of grinded-out game. Kelly, you got anything here? No, I, I like that play, though. I mean, I think you're either – yeah, you're waiting on LeBron news and trying to get in front of that and take the Magic with the points or, yeah, play play an under. I think that I think that's one that can get home kind of kind of either way, whether he plays or not. Yeah, I I, I wanted to get – I haven't done it. I, I Part of me still wants to get in front of the LeBron news. I, I'm, I don't think he's going to play – and just take like magic money line and, and you know just sit back on that. Yeah, uh, what did but, this open for? Right. Four. So I mean it's yeah. like, I've seen it down at one and a half too, which is why yeah. I think LeBron's not playing. So yeah, the, at least the market thinks he's not gonna play. Yeah. Uh very much so. And we'll see if that's actually gonna be the case. Cause uh, I would say again, reading the tea leaves is probably not the case, but given the fact that we were told to our face minutes restriction and then the next night he went out and played 35, I'm like, I don't buy anything anymore with what's gonna happen with this team. Also worth noting too, um, Darvin Ham is messing with their rotations a bit. Like yesterday, for example, uh, Gabe Vincent closed out the game for them in overtime. Like they had, like people are complaining, where's Rui Hachimura? I don't think people watch Rui Hachimura play basketball ever if you're like begging for him to get into some of these games. Um, and I'll say this through two games, you want my overreaction through two games? I was right. The, the, the Lakers are just a different version of what they were last year. They still can't really shoot consistently. They're very over-reliant on LeBron James to, to create something at point guard. And if guys aren't going to be able to shoot, like Gabe Vincent has not shot well at this early portion of the year, yeah. they're going to be a worse version of themselves from last year. So yeah, they've been, they've been brutal from three. It's it's almost been like it's been so bad to start. Like I don't even, I understand why you say that, JVT. I just I don't I don't I don't want to overreact because it's been so bad. Like it's you know what I mean. It's almost um, like it is hard for them to shoot much worse than this. Going no through. way, it's fact. Only I'm three games <laughs> is all I need. Three games out of eighty two is all I need. All Vincent, right, let's go to the, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, Vincent, no, go. Vincent last night in a tie game fouled when the Kings were in the yep. bonus, and then the next possession nearly did it again. I just yep. there was no situational awareness at all. Man, I'm I'm telling you, like Gabe Vincent. I think people like you remember just the playoff run. Yep. Gabe Vincent is a decent player. He I don't think he is what people expect him to be going over to Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, we'll see what that uh, eventually becomes. 
Top of the rotation, Chicago Bulls, Indiana Pacers. Opener here, Bulls is about a three or four, three and a half, four-point underdog, we'll say, at the open, with the total that opened at 227. Circa opened up 226 and a half. We are now up to 230 in multiple spots, 229 and a half in others. Uh, Zach, again to you, because I think you do have a play here, correct? I have a player prop in this game. That's right, okay. Yeah, I went Kobe White over two and a half threes made. It's plus 136. Uh, he's shooting six threes a game this year. He's only four of 18, but, you know, he's a 36% career shooter. So I think there's some positive regression coming. And, you know, the Pacers are first in the league in offensive rating, top in pace of play. So this is going to be an up and down game. The Bulls are going to need someone to score from somewhere. And I do think White's a really good candidate because he's going to be the one with Tyrese Halliburton on him. Halliburton's the worst defender in the Pacers starting five. So I think there's going to be some good looks for White who – had a 5-3 game against the Pacers last year. Uh, not saying that I'm expecting five here, but I do think that three is somewhat realistic. Kelly, you got anything? Uh, nothing here. I would lean Indiana way, though. This is I, just from – this is kind of just like I thought we'd see the Chicago Bulls. Uh, actually, I don't want to say that. I thought the Bulls would be bad. We know we got unders, under bets on them. I think a players-only meeting after uh, game, game one, yes, is uh, – is going to bring major concerns to any Bulls fans or backers out there. And look, yeah, I, I, this Indiana team, I haven't had a good read on in two years. It feels like I I've always been a little bit, uh, I, you know, under, I, I guess rating this team less than what others have. It, it feels like I'm always on the underside with this team, but they've been impressive so far. So I think it'd be laying three points with them or pass for me. Pretty, uh, pretty wild number early. And this is probably slow down. Uh, according to cleaning the glass, 42.5% of rebounds for the Indiana Pacers lead to a transition play. So they are ripping and running almost like pretty much in like every other possession. They are sprinting down the floor and they're really, really freaking good at it. And I would love to, I want to, like, I don't know who breaks this up. I would love to see their rate of three point shots in transition. Cause that just watching them observationally. I watched that wizards game up close. It was only one of the two. It seemed every transition possession, it was find a shooter. Find a shooter. Don't get to the rim. Spread out and find somebody in the corner. And they're and they're bombing them. So pretty interesting there. But both games gone over the total. I think, well, what did I put here? By, by an average of like 25 points? Uh, 27 and a half and 16 points. The first two games have gone over the total for the Chicago, or excuse me, the uh, Indiana Pacers. Brooklyn Nets, Charlotte Hornets next on the rotation. Not a ton of movement here. Uh, opener was two over at DraftKings, 226 and a half. Uh, ones across the board in favor of Brooklyn. Uh, the total's been bet up from 226.5 up to 228, 228.5. I know you've got something here, uh, Zach. So what are we looking at with the Nets and Hornets? I have the Hornets plus one. Uh, you know, I think you said it on the pod you did by yourself last week, but the Nets have a you know rotation full of players that seem like they're good defensively, Yep. but they are not getting stops. They're second to last in the league in defensive rating. Uh, the Hornets haven't been great offensively this year, but I do think that they can take advantage of a you know a defense that this bad, uh, Brooklyn is not defending the three point line well, so I do think Charlotte's going to get some good looks. You know maybe it's a Brandon Miller game. He's been playing really well off the bench for them, and you know Charlotte top ten in defensive rating again, which I don't think is fluky because it goes back to last year when they put Mark Williams in that starting lineup. He's one of the best rim protectors in the league. I think that they're a pretty solid defensive team, and you know the Nets not having Cam Johnson, not having Nick Claxton. I just think it's a really tough ask for them to go into Charlotte and win the game. Yep. Yeah, not a bed for me, but lean that side for sure. This one. Hornets team's been, you know, we, we I feel like we had different previews of them, JVT, through the past few months, and it was, it was a team I got real excited about. They kind of backed off, and I think they've been pretty impressive so far. I'm with you. The injuries on the Brooklyn side, Brooklyn, they're, 
I'm really interested to see what that team is this year because it's way more questions right now than answers on on that Brooklyn side. And I think there could be an upside, a high up, higher upside there. Just haven't seen it yet. It would be Charlotte home dog or pass for me. I'm going to pull up this note that I had in the guide really quickly. So one of the things that I had written about in the uh, guide, uh, let's see, three-point shooting. Pass. I should make that clear. I don't know why I'm saying that. What's that? <laughs> lean, lean Horton's way, but I am passing. Yeah, I don't want anybody to think that. Okay. All right, so this is it. So um, Brooklyn, after the trade deadline, they had some kind of bad luck on shooting. They shot just 36.5% on open looks from beyond the arc. So it's you know pretty below average when you're talking about wide open looks. Right now, through two games, they are shooting 44% from three. So, like, the good luck, like, so one of the things that I kind of focused on in the write up was this team should be better offensively if they get better luck from beyond the arc. Through two games, that's, that's transpiring. Like, they're running a little bit more, they're shooting the exact same amount of threes, except they're hitting them at a higher rate. So, in other words, Brooklyn actually could potentially be an over team because, like, they don't really have a lot of half court offensive creation. But what they do have is a bunch of athletes and wings that should shoot pretty well, a bunch of three and D guys right. to the point, cut, like Zach, that you talked about that I brought up on Friday. If I were to tell you I have a team of Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Mikhail Bridges, you'd be like, hey, that should be a pretty effective defensive yeah. team. Yeah. And it just hasn't been the case. So I don't know what's been going on. I want to watch them more, but they might be an over team as we move forward. But those three-point shots going down at a really high rate for them. Well, Next you've up. Also had, you've also had – I think it's such a – because Claxton missed the last game too, right? So that, that's yeah, he's been the, out. I do think it's tough to judge them too much on that when you when you take away take away such a good rim protector too on off the back sure. line, right? I think that affects the whole defense overall. Well, so. And I also think when you watch like when you looked at some of the numbers last year, one of the things they had issues with was offensive rebounding and or opponent offensive rebounding, so defensive rebounding yeah. on their end. They gave up a lot of second chance points. Half court rating wasn't great because you gave up those second half looks. Like even with Claxton out there, you're kind of small, like because yeah, Claxton's right. not the most dominant like rebounding force. So it'll probably be an issue for him moving forward. So we'll see. Like, I wish I had, you know, I wish I had the, spect- the second spectrum numbers because they give you like, uh, like field goal percentage on like initial shot attempts and all that kind of stuff. Like, I would love to see what their first shot defense is like, because mm-hmm. if they're doing well on the first shot, but then giving up second chance opportunities, thus leading to, you know, second chance opportunities and points. Right. Yeah. All right. And maybe Boston. making their defense look, look worse than worse, it actually yes. is. Correct. Yep. Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards. Thought this was kind of interesting. So we saw an opener of nine and a half, two twenty-seven and a half, uh, where it said at 10, 10 and a half across the board. I wrote about this today in the article. Um, they were laying like eight and a half to the Miami Heat the other night. To open up nine and a half seemed kind of light, you know, given the fact that look, I don't think Miami's the world at all. But to say that like, it, there's a one point difference between Miami and Washington, Zach, I thought this was kind of a light number. Market responded pushing this up to ten and a half, but I think you might be able to make the argument that ten and a half is still playable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wrote down here, Boston is only 10, 12, and 1 against the spread as a favorite of 10 or yeah. more under Joe Missoula. Only 7 and 9 against the spread when playing on two days rest. So it feels like there's something there with just maybe not getting up for games like this. I don't know what it is, but at the same time, you know, I'm really down on the Wizards. Uh, I'm completely passing on this game. But if I had to take something, I think I would just take the points and hope for the best. And hope that, you know, the Celtics just kind of don't treat this game very seriously. Yeah. You guys are no help at all. I was hoping one of you was going to talk me into uh, taking double digits at home with the Wizards. I, I think I might <laughs> Kelly, still. I, I it's one game, and I don't care. I took seven with them in that in that Pacers game, and I watched every second of it. I can't do it again. I can't do it again. <laughs> it's one game, and you're already there. Okay, <laughs> that is one game. I li- I have two games on the card that I have circled that just say 
JVT Zach question mark next to it. Where I'm like, I need someone to help talk me into this one. It's just so so early in the year. I'm looking at 10 and a half on the board right now. I hear you on the line. I mean, that line the Boston was laying though with Miami. That I mean, that's at home, right? So you do you do got to do what you know take away. That's, at home yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you got to flip that around. I mean, this is a lot of points to be catching at home. Man, I might I might end up with a small play here on the Wizards, but I hear you. It's gonna be. I need a Kuzma Jordan pool make everything sort of game. That's just gonna be the whole season, right? Like, Pretty much. If those two go off, you got a chance. If not, you're probably dead. Uh, you know, dead on arrival. I like how we're all completely unmoved by the Grizzlies boon, by the way, because we're all collectively just very down on Memphis. So yes, yes, oh yeah, absolutely. completely, yeah. yeah. Congratulations on catching that team. But by the way, I wrote about this today, Memphis. The, so their current rate, and look, again, it's only three games. We keep saying this. Uh, disclaimer, we don't have to keep saying it. There's, we've only played three games. Um, but at their current rate, they're a 26.7 win team, according to Cleaning the Glass. Like that's their bad, the Grizzlies. They are bad so far. Portland Trailblazers, Toronto Raptors, next up on the rotation. So let's see, opener of seven and set 217.5. We were up to 8.5 and, and a total of 216.5. I wrote down on my uh, I wrote down on my notes, make fun of Kelly. Uh, in this game, uh, how's your Trailblazers looking? <laughs> I, so Zach, I don't know, you weren't with us in this division preview, so I had egg on my face initially because my win total for Portland was twenty four and a half, and then and literally as we're talking about it, the market opens up at twenty eight and a half, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I still think that's kind of high, but yeah, yeah like I, I guess I'm a little low. After three games, I'm going to claim victory. They look like they stink. <laughs> Anthony Simons is done for four to six weeks with a thumb injury, so that's not going to help in any way, shape, or form. And look, Scoot Anderson could be good. He looks like a rookie point guard, and yeah. like that's going to be like kind of the growing pain. So, Kelly, anything here? Because on the road against Toronto, I don't know what to make of Toronto. I do know that they're a hard-playing defensive team that I think is going to make their lives a living hell up there. Yeah, so what do we got? Robert Williams out tonight as well on the Portland yeah. side. And then Toronto, and this is just amazing. We're not even a week into the season. We got to do these full injury updates like for every game. But, uh, you know, Precious Achua, what, is he doubtful? I'm trying to see, check the official injury report if we have any movement here. Um, I've got Precious Achua is doubtful. OG Ananobi is questionable. That, yeah, that's what I was looking at as well. I was just checking. Nothing official on the injury report. Yeah, doubtful. Uh, doubtful and questionable. So, yeah, I, look, I think with those kind of injuries in two bad teams, because, yes, I do think both of these teams are pretty bad, I think this is a tough play here tonight. Yeah, I, I think it's a really tough game for the Blazers. I think Scoot, you know, he's going to be guarded by Schroeder at the point of attack. It's another really quick guy where he might not be able to blow by him as he's on – other players as easily. And then even if he does, you know, you're going into a pool of lengthy arms, just a really long team. I, I think it's really troubling for Portland that, you know, DeAndre Ayton has looked terrible through three games. I think he's a guy that wanted out of a situation for a bigger role, but I think maybe he underestimated, you know, the ease in which he was spoon fed baskets in Phoenix. Uh, overall, I think if I had to take something, I'd go Raptors minus eight and a half. But at the same time, I don't know if I trust Toronto enough offensively to win a game by that much. So, so the I'd one pass. thing that I – go ahead. Yeah, we're no. under – I'd look under two probably, but that, that, yep. those would be my two looks. Under or, or lay it with the Raptors. It just feels so gross. So the uh, – and kind of correlating what you're talking about, I want to get an updated number because I haven't looked at this for about like four hours or so. Uh, so it's down a point. So my my angle that I wrote down was potentially Portland team total under. It was 104.5 this morning. It's down to 103.5 right now, uh, shaded to the over at minus 120. But kind of everything that you're talking about, like Schroeder at the point of attack, being able to match up with uh, with Scoot and being able to stay in front of him. The fact that you don't have Anthony Simons is, is going to be a little bit of a nightmare for you too. 
Uh, they're again, Kelly, we kind of talked about this last year. Portland, surprisingly, not a fast team. They're not that fast so far yet. And I thought they'd be quicker. So I don't think the pace is going to be anything crazy. Um, so I, I think especially if OG Ananobi does play, I think that's one of the things you're waiting for to get a good wing defender out there to really help you on the defensive end. If OG Ananobi plays, I do think that maybe playing like a Portland team total under uh, would be worth looking at here. But that was the only thing that I had written down. What was that number you saw? 104? Yeah, well, it was 104 and a half. It's 103 and a half right now, but shaded to the over. I like that. I like yeah. that. I might play that. I, I think Dude. this is a, I mean, you're talking a back-to-back game for them, right? You got to go up yep. to Toronto. These guys always complain about that Toronto trip, having to go through customs and everything like that. How much more of a pain in the ass it is than, than uh, you know, than we compare to some other road games. Uh, I think team total under is a good look. With an offense that's still sputtering to try to figure themselves, you know, figure out who who's going to take shots when, and now Simons is out and everything too. I think that this team's got a lot, a lot to get together before they're going to end up looking looking good on offense. So, you know what, JVT, I think you just talked me into a bet. There you go. Uh, and then a quick note too, just to throw out there, because again, kind of tying into what what I opened up with with this conversation with Portland, which was thought that you know the win total at twenty eight and a half. They've failed to cover their first three games. They have failed to cover by an average of 7.2 points through the first three games. So they're not even coming close to covering some of these numbers. So maybe a little overvalued. And I think that's maybe why, too, outside of the injuries that they're dealing with, uh, maybe the market's kind of starting to turn on them a bit. So just something to monitor for Portland as we move forward. Uh, Last one before the break, Minnesota and Atlanta. uh, Current, let's see, opened up two in favor of Minnesota with a total of 235. We are down to 228.5 with a total um, and the side still sitting at like two, one and a half, two and a half altered juice all over the place. So this is a bet that I have made, but it is long gone. I bet under two thirty four and a half this morning for this game. Oh, wow. uh, Timberwolves unders, I think, are just going to be the thing. Like until you see a real adjustment. If you have watched the way that this team has played early on, uh, the pace has not been particularly fast for them. Um, and really, what the thing is is their offense just kind of stinks. Uh, one zero one zero two six offensive rating and non garbage time, which is not not good. Um, they're playing slow, 99.7 possessions per game through the first two, 20% of their live rebounds lead to a transition play. So they're not running and they shouldn't, they have Rudy Gobert and they have Carl Anthony Towns out there most of the time. So they're not trying to get up into an up and down affair and they're an awesome defensive team. Like they are incredible. They're exactly what we thought on the defensive end. Atlanta might try to speed them up, but I don't think they're still going to get into that game with their two bigs out there. So figure to mix a pace and good defense. That 234 and a half was way too high. That like this is not going to be the Hawks game, and especially with Atlanta coming off the second leg of a back to back. They ran like crazy against the Bucks yesterday. I think this is going to be a little bit of a slower, lower scoring game. So especially at 234 and a half, thought that was way too high. Uh, clearly, the market agrees because uh, we are down pretty far now. What are we like six down? Down about six points now. So that was the one play I made in this game. Yeah, I think I'm just going to look at this one live. I hear you on that. I mean, obviously, good bet because you got a ton of CLV on that. Um, Can't wait I for th- a two, like 151-150 final <laughs> in regulation. That's right. I think I'm just going to look at this one live. I This is I, just going off of what I thought these teams heading into the year. I know it's a back-to-back, but still Atlanta catching points at home. It uh, feels a little lofty to me, so I don't think. But I don't think I'm going to bet it pregame. We'll see how this one starts out. Look, I'm, I got Hawks circled as a side to look at live tonight. Zach, yeah, I mean, I think I'd still lean under even at two twenty eight and a half. I just feel like you know one of the reasons that the Hawks have been so perplexing is that they haven't gotten anything good offensively out of Trey yep. Young and Murray. So I don't think this is the matchup that fixes that. I think they're still going to struggle a bit. And like you said, I think Minnesota's offense is ugly. Defense definitely elite. So I think that this is definitely a game that can go under. Uh, even at the number, but good on you for getting that two thirty four and a half. So, so here, here's the question: um, Given that, given my position of under two thirty four and a half, I'll ask both of you. I'll start with you, Zach. 
Um, in terms of a middle, how many points is it worth it? I'm sitting on oh. six right now. I would say eight or something yeah. like that. That's yeah, what I, think I mean, too. it's just essentially tough. two possessions in the NBA is what I'm sitting on, and that, that's not enough. Yeah, yeah, for for a total, I'm usually looking like ten points. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going upwards towards that. Yeah, because because when I'm looking at sides, it's usually over five, at least over five before I'm considering it. So yeah, to, total. That's probably what I'd say. I think, by the way, big picture. <laughs> big picture, I do find it just shocking the way that Trey Young has shot the ball over the last two seasons. Really, just he's so much of a better shooter than he, what he has shown in these yeah. last two years. At least I think. I mean, got- part of it is part of it has to be shot selection. Like again, going yes. back to me, I watched watching that game last night or you know Sunday morning, whatever, whatever time I watched it. Um, time melts together, and I was very hungover yesterday, so I don't remember. Um, but like, like the shot selection is awful. You know, he can shoot a lot better, but the shot selection is terrible. He's usually like pulling up as opposed to like catch and shoot opportunities. I think he'd be, he's a better catch and shoot shooter than he, you know, he, then he's given the opportunity to, cause he's always on the ball. But like, I'm, I agree with you, Zach, like, the offense really isn't there. I just, it's been kind of shocking to kind of watch them. Dare I say their best offensive players, Jalen Johnson, he could do it all. He could uh, do it I mean, all. It's been, it's been, it's been horribly ugly. And it's, yeah. you know, we, we, we'd, we've said it about Steph in the past and, so, so, you know, I, I'll, I'll bring it over to Trey. Like, look, when, when you make those YOLO threes, if you're making them, it looks great. When, you, when you're missing them left and right, it looks like you have no offensive identity whatsoever and that Trey's just, you know, jogging up the court and launching, you know, launching from way downtown and you're not even giving your offense a chance to develop or anything. And that's, mm-hmm. feels like that's a lot of what we've seen so far this season. And, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, yeah, don't want to jump too far ahead. It's, it's not even a week, but. I don't think the early early returns from, you know, even going back to last season of what we've seen Trey Young and DeJounte Murray on the floor together, sometimes it just looks like, hey, it's your turn. I'm just going to hang out over here. Like, go ahead. Hey, you know, then reverse it around, right? And it's just, mm-hmm. I, man, I think those two should be able to play great together. It's just, it's just I feel like I'm still waiting to see that really consistently. It doesn't help that the uh, the off ball guy in Dejounte Murray, who's off ball more often than not, can't shoot. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. I think they made the Murray trade thinking that Young's a better shooter than he is. Now you have kind of two, you know, mediocre shooters at the guard position, and it's just not working. Coming up next, Detroit Pistons on the road against everybody's darling, the Oklahoma City Thunder. But it, but should it be the Pistons who are everybody's darling? We discuss when we come back. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Detroit Pistons, boys. How about this? Everybody, everybody's darling. 3-0 against the spread. 2-1 straight up. The only loss, a one-point loss to the Miami Heat. God, I love this team. They're so fun to watch. As a true psychopath, before I went to do my show on Sunday, yeah, that's right, I woke up early to rewatch Pistons and Hornets. I love this team. This team's got pluck. It's got gusto. It's got everything in between. I have not bet this game, though. Uh, but I cannot wait to watch what this thing is going to be. Also, I will say, I did want to continue riding the Pistons train. Uh, but I know Isaiah Stewart did kind of turn me off. Stewart is obviously one of the key forces on the offensive glass. It really helps him out, offers a good opportunity to get some second chance points. But Cade Cunningham looks healthy. He's dishing the ball all over the place. One of the things I noted in the article, um, maybe a look at over six and a half assists. Uh, he has been assisting on well over a third of his teammates made baskets when he's out there on the floor. He has surpassed that number two out of the three games. And in the other, he had six. So he was right on the mark. Maybe something to look at, but nothing I have bet here. Either of you got something. Nothing for me. Um, I mean, what a couple injuries Detroit's dealing with. Uh, these are two teams I both got overs on win totals on. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the Pistons start JVT. But yeah, I'm just going to be sitting back and enjoying this one tonight. Nothing for me. I'm, I'm a little surprised that they're two and one just because oh. when I first they should saw, be three and zero, oh, right? Yeah, because yeah. they should be three and zero. Oh. <laughs> I was just shocked at the uh, at the starting lineup that they threw out there in the first game and the one that they're still playing now. I just think that they should be surrounding Cade with a little bit more outside shooting for his own, you know, long-term good. Nah, but at just the same two, time, it's working. So yeah. put, put two bruisers out there, yeah. just yeah, just dominate the glass. That's yeah. what we do. Uh, just two centers, just yeah, just chopping it up out there. Don't uh, you they, love when the paint's all crowded? It's great. They're like basketball's Tennessee Titans or something. They just start zigging <laughs> yep. every other team is zagging. I don't know what it is. I mean, I did think that Monty Williams would get them on the right track, so I do think that hire was really good for them. But I do think that at some point they might want to consider putting some floor spacing out there. Uh, all right, Memphis and Dallas up next. Um, Memphis, good for them. They stumbled into a cover the other night against the Denver. I shouldn't say stumbled. They they deserved it. So they they covered the other night against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, but on the second leg of a back-to-back, as we mentioned, go on the road and then lose in our nation's capital to the Washington uh, Wizards. Right now, the number currently sitting at 2.5 with a total of 228.5. No real move, actually, from the open. This open 2 and 227. So uh, no real action on the side, no real action on the total. If you're forcing me to pick something here, it's continue to fade a Memphis team that, as we mentioned, statistically is playing at the level of a 26-win team right now. 
offensively, their offense has been very, very, very bad. It's actually been offensive how terrible it's been. Oh, let's see. I have this uh, note right here really quickly. Uh, do, 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 uh, no, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know why I don't have Oh, no, that's the Denver Nuggets game. Sorry. Scroll up a little bit here. Uh, offensive rating of 103 per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. Offensive rating in the half court, sixth worst through three games at 88.2. So maybe their floor is raised by taking on a bad Dallas defense, but I didn't have anything strong here. Uh, Dallas play for me here. I, I'm just here we gonna, go. I'm He's getting in the ring. Finally, let's go. The Grizzlies. Uh, yeah, but keep. I've, I've I think I've done it every every game I bet against them so far. Keep fading there. I mean, there's obvious problems on the Memphis side. Do I really know how good this Dallas team is yet? No, not really. They've they've had a light schedule to begin. Um, I still have I think long term future questions with them. But man, with with everything that that the Grizzlies are missing, it just seems. It just seems wins are going to be tough to come by for this team. And I, I'm only laying two on the road. I actually expected this number to move a little bit more towards the Dallas side. Um, but, yeah, I, I like I like the Mavs tonight on the road against the Grizzlies. Player prop for you, right, Zach? Yeah, I have Derek Lively over four and a half rebounds. Uh, didn't play much last game, only had two boards. But the first game against the Spurs, 10 rebounds in 31 minutes. I think this is a game that kid can probably trust him to play. I think he moves his, well, his feet really well in the perimeter. Uh, I don't want him out there against, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. So I think four and a half rebounds, you know, to need five out of a starting center that, you know, Luka Doncic really likes playing with. That's yeah. just a really low number. I'd play that. And I'd also, I think I'm going to add Mavericks. I just don't think that, you know, the Memphis team is 26th in offensive rating. Dallas is third. I just don't see how they're going to keep up. And then if you do get to crunch time, you know, we know the Mavericks have Luka, they have Kyrie. Who are the Grizzlies going to lean on in a close game? I don't think that I trust anyone on the team to kind of go blow for blow with those two in Dallas. And yeah, I think, you know, this Memphis team is as bad as we thought, maybe even worse. My model has them on a zero win pace. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Zach, just to follow up on that, I mean, that was, you know, such a big reason of why I played that, de- you know, played a Desmond Bain most improved player just because yeah. you're, he's got to be the guy. I didn't think it was going to be this dire though, this early. Cause you're right. Like right now it looks like there is, just so limited options beyond him um, that, yeah, I, I'm with you. This is Dallas. Hopefully I mean, they just outrun him here tonight. Their second best shot creator is either who? Marcus Smart or Jaron Jackson. Like That's not good for offense. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good for offense. And by the way, Luke Kennard got hurt, right? So he's yeah, in he's out. protocol. So yep. the one guy that you have is a consistent shooter. He's not out there anymore. Oh, boy. I'm smelling. <laughs> smells like a friendship parlay here, huh? All of us hey, getting on the Dallas go. Mavericks. All right, let's. Do I'll it. say oh, this about it. Dallas too. I wrote it. I wrote it after the draft. I don't know if Lively is going to be the guy he was against the Spurs the entire season, but I think overall they really upgraded their center room and bringing him in. I think he's a really good two way player and yep. just kind of bringing in a few defensive pieces here and there throughout the rotation. I think was the right move over the summer. Yep. It, it is interesting to see how Luca falls in love with some of these guys. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, like, it feels like Dwight Powell's had a job for years just because Luca liked him, and it's it's the that game one. It was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, Derek Lively might be your turn. See, He's see also later. got somebody who can jump more than a foot off the like. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, having a center that can, you can actually throw lobs to like makes right. all the difference in the world. Like, it's, it's, it's not awesome. six foot eight and can actually jump. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so and as we're yeah as we're talking like two twenty eight, it's all flashing. So there's not really any strong movement here. All right, next up, Golden State Warriors. New Orleans Pelicans. Kelly, I thought I'd get you in on this. So I have a bet here. I actually got two bets, but one of them is not worth mentioning because, again, I have another under that has moved heavily in my favor. Um, Pelicans, four right now with a total of 224. This opened 233 and two and a half in favor of New Orleans. Uh, The side I will mention is, uh, so I laid two and a half with the New Orleans Pelicans. And if we're talking about scenario here, 
Second leg of a back-to-back, third game in four nights for the Golden State Warriors, all on the road. Uh, played against Houston, of course, yesterday. New Orleans has been sitting back at home. Played a home game last time out, or excuse me, after a road game, went immediately back home. So they've been home for a couple of days. And I just thought when you were looking at two and a half, again, if we're if we're rolling with what seems to be three points for home court, to say given the scenario that the Pelicans still rate out as the worst team against Golden State, I would not buy. I know that Draymond Green is back. By the way, very surprised. Steve Kerr after the game said, nope, starting lineup is going to have Draymond Green in it tomorrow. I, I thought that this would be an opportunity for Green to rest, given it's the second leg of a back-to-back and coming off of an ankle injury, but seems like he's going to play. But I thought given the scenario, this was worth at least a couple more points than what the market was given it credit for. So I laid two and a half. We're up to four and a half here. I'll mention that I did bet under 231 and a half, I think was the number I got. So it's down to 224 and a half, but the side's still playable, I think, if you're laying four. But I'm in on the New Orleans Pelicans since they got Williamson, McCollum, and Ingram out on the floor today. Yeah, this was a uh, this was a bet for me on the opener too, JVT. As soon as that opened two and a half, I didn't get that number at all. Uh, you know, back-to-back situation. I know we didn't log, uh, you know, two heavy minutes, I guess, for some of those guys last night. But yeah, like you said, with Draymond, uh, that's a little interesting. Obviously, they still have to figure out um, you know, how exactly they're going to work all these guys. I think there's still some tinkering that they're going to be doing early in the season on the Golden State side. And meanwhile, you know exactly what to do if you're the Pelicans. Feed Zion, attack that basket, open up some room for the rest of these other guys to play. Uh, yeah, I like that bet tonight. This is uh, this is the the t- it's tough this time of year where you want to make sure you don't don't over crazy over bet. But man, I feel like two and a half was a was a major edge in that game, and even out to four. Um, I think it's fine for a bet right now. I think once once it hit it hits five, if it gets to that point, it's probably where I'd draw the line. But I think anything under that, you're good to lay tonight. Mm-hmm. I like that side. Zach? Yeah, maybe I'll throw in the minus four, too, and get another friendship play on here. I do like yeah. the Pelicans in this spot. I also like McCollum over 17 and a half points. I just don't think the Warriors are defending the perimeter all that well. You know, in, in the minutes that Gary Payton is not out there, which takes a while because he comes off the bench. Uh, Curry and Thompson have both looked really poor offense, uh, defensively to me, and I just think McCollum could be the guy that cooks a little bit tonight. Yep. Uh, next up, another play that I've got here, Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, one that has moved again as well. But this is similar to what you were talking about, Kelly, just a number I, I didn't really understand, and I get maybe there's some trepidation that, hey, second leg of a back-to-back, one of Giannis or Damian Lillard might not play. But we know that Chris Middleton's going to be available. He rested yesterday, so he is going to be out there today. With a minutes restriction, whatever, you still get Chris Middleton back on the floor. Yeah. Giannis and Dame only played 29 minutes each yesterday against Atlanta, so I'd expect that there's not going to be anything in terms of shutting them down. It's only their third game, too, by the way, as I mentioned. Two days off between Thursday and then Sunday. So I think they're well-rested and ready to go. And let's just do a little line comparison shopping. Miami went to Boston and played them, They like we mentioned earlier, right? They were catching eight, eight and a half. They're here in Milwaukee. They open up as five-point underdogs. Is there really a three-point difference between Milwaukee and Boston? Because I don't think that's the case. And even with the minutes restricted, Chris Middleton, that shouldn't be the case. So I just thought that there was a number grab. I thought, hey, you know what? This is a little too low. I actually thought it was going to be more like seven and a half. We're kind of getting in that direction. But I laid five with Milwaukee. Pure number grab. think it was a little cheap. And at least for right now, the market agrees with me. Yeah, that was one. This is a... It's always key in the NBA. I, I mean, I guess every sport, but it feels like NBA. We get we get so every day you're dealing with these injury injury news and then mo- you know numbers moving. And that was a that was one I stared at that five for way too long today before and never fired uh, JVT because yeah, it's out to six and a half now. Um, you've got what Bam questionable. Uh, Richardson looks like he's going to go, even though he's still listed as questionable. Caleb Martin out. Um, I you know 
Marjan Bochamp's going to be out for the Bucks. I guess that's that's worth noting. But uh, Chris Middleton will be in there. Um, yeah, I, I, this would just be a look live at this point for me. Six and a half. This sounds uh, a little bit more accurate, but I'm with you. That five, that five on the opener, I was a little upset with myself. I didn't grab. I, I thought about the Bucks, uh, and as dumb as it is to do this, you know, I try to be a logical guy. But you know, the Heat culture was calling me. I do think that there might be a little bit. You know, of, of bad blood here. I think they might play this game a little harder than they would a normal game, and that was ultimately scared me off. I could see it being a close game because of that. You know, I think Miami still a solid team defensively. Maybe they'll give this new look uh, Milwaukee team a little bit of problems, and I think the Heat will be able to score against the Bucks because the Bucks are not very good uh, defensively. So yeah. I was a little scared off by you know just I could see this being you know the type of Butler game where he goes off and leads them to a win, and after the game he's talking like they just won a title. I'm going to get in close and talk and say this, especially for our friend Andy. Heat culture is fake. It's not real. Okay? You got lucky in one series, and then you turned into a pumpkin and got slaughtered by a real team. Just going to throw it out there. Almost blew a 3-0 lead. Just going to say. Anyway, I got that off my chest. Thank you very much. I'm so anti-Miami this year. You're not winning the game. Actually, I, wait, did they win a game? I can't even remember. It is driving me insane that Butler's like, you're going to see me for 95 more games. Like Talking as if you're going to be in the championship at this point in the year is insane. Right. We already <laughs> took a night off, Jimmy. Like, especially, when he's, especially when he's the guy that's like, I mean, I feel like he's a teenager, right? It's the, the as soon as Dame gets dealt, it's the ultimate calls for corruption within the league, right? Like tampering. Like, come on, you got to check this out. You got to check this out. Then the, obviously the haircut at Media Day. Like, all right, man. Come down. Which is his real haircut on his ESPN profile, by the way. It's insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is apparently why he does that. Which, which I gotta applaud him for that. Actually, like that, that, that's kind of cool. When someone pulls up his headshot, it's like, what the hell? Like, because you forget six months later. Yeah. <laughs> Last one: Utah Jazz on the road against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Kelly, uh, I will say this, and I'll start with you because I know we shared a play here. Uh, I think I'm going to lose my Nuggets win total. They look awesome. They look incredible. There's <laughs> yeah. Jokic is great. Murray, Gordon, like they all fit. They're flowing. They for some reason this is total obviously just conjecture whatever. They look more motivated this year. If anything, like I don't know why, but they just kind of look crazy. So I'm scared that they're just going to romp to like 60 wins. They look awesome. Well, I think it's. I don't, are we in agreement that they're the best looking starting five in the NBA right now? Well, I don't think there's a question they're the best starting okay. five. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I think so far in the early part of the season, they have looked by far the best. It, I still have the bench questions, though, James. Like, I, think, I think we're still going to have to wait and see on that. But it is like that five knows exactly what they're doing, exactly how to play every time they're out there. Doesn't matter what kind of defense they're up against. Doesn't matter what kind of offense they're up against. At five, knows how to play together, and they play together better than anybody else in the NBA right now. So, um, yeah, as far as how that goes tonight, I, I'm not I'm not running to lay eight, eight and a half uh, right now against the Jazz. It's just a complete pass game for me. But I think, yeah, big picture, JVT, yeah, you're right. I'm a little, con- a little concerned about that win total early here. Yeah, probably the best starting five in the league. And, and they're a little Spursy in, in that, like, the bench doesn't look right, but it seems like someone else steps up every night. I mean, Reggie yeah. Jackson two games ago played really well. Then it was Peyton Watson last game. Uh, yeah. It seems yeah, like cool. someone always just rises to the occasion when you don't expect it. How about this? So they had they had one, two, uh, three. They had four guys log double digits off the bench the other day. 
all of them a plus minus of plus 11 or better. Christian Christian Brown was plus 25. Uh, Reggie Jackson had plus 13 and only scored five points. Najee was plus 12, didn't score a single point. Like, it's 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 crazy, dude. It, they look really, really freaking good. And by the way, of course, slaughtering the young Thunder, who we thought were just going to be awesome. Like, they looked, they were just like, <laughs> yeah. cute story. Have fun winning 40 games. We have bigger fish to fry here. It was, it was nuts. <laughs> I'm still excited to see the Suns starting five once they do get out there, just yep. because I thought Nurkic has looked pretty well through three games, and I could see that potentially giving them a little run for their money in terms of just starting fives go. But yeah, they look real good. By the way, we've been talking about the Nuggets so far. We should note they are playing the Jazz today. Uh, they are eight point favorites, total of two twenty seven and a half. I didn't have anything here. The one thing I noted in the uh, article that I wrote today uh, was that Utah is who you think they are. I think they caught they caught the Clippers. Hey, look, first game on the road in altitude, not like the not the best spot in the world. So they go and they beat the Clippers. By the way, in the second half, Clippers did come storming back and made that thing pretty obviously interesting. Uh, but they end up winning that game. Defensive rating still, I think they are last right now in the NBA non-garbage time at this point. I think I wrote that down. Uh, but a 125.8 defensive rating. Denver should be able to rip them apart on defense. And it's just whether or not you can take advantage of Denver, which I'm not sure is going to be the case. But I, I agree with the market. Open six and a half. We're up to eight. I think it's right in pushing that thing up. That's yeah, all Utah last 125.8. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, by the way, as we were talking, all those fours on New Orleans, Golden State disappeared. It's four and a half across the board. One offshore went up to five. So maybe some news leaking out uh, that, I don't know, maybe somebody's not available, whatever it is, but doesn't seem like we're getting back down there on that side. I, so. I, I just thought that number was off. Jay. It was, just I, a, I mean, yeah, it was just, a weird one. The, like four and a half, five, the five right is around a range I guess I was expecting to see it at. So well, that, that's where I jumped on two and a half right away. What's interesting is generally, and we'll talk about this obviously throughout the season, you'll usually see the market. I always call it like a tax or a charge. They'll charge the team on the second leg of a back-to-back. Like they'll add, they'll, you'll always get right. like that point that is there just because the team is playing with no rest. And I thought it was weird that it just didn't seem to account for that. You know, I, I expected at the very least an opener of three and a half, and then you go from there. But yeah, two and a half felt a little off, and at least the market again is in lockstep there. Uh, all right, that's all it. That's it. We're done. Not quick, but it's a long slate today. So uh, article up on website, vcin.com for Zach. Same with myself. Uh, you have anything in baseball today, Zach? You write anything for baseball? No, I don't have anything in baseball. Hopefully the Diamondbacks win, though. It's, it's nice being over here with a little bit of buzz. Is there buzz? Because people were talking-ish about the uh, $20 tickets the other day. <laughs> There's some buzz. I went to Dick's Sporting Goods yesterday. I needed to buy some new socks because my dog eats all of them. And there was a mad rush to the Diamondbacks section. I think maybe there's some fair weather friends needed to get some beer, but <laughs> there was a lot of buzz over there. I got to go to Dick's today because I got a Halloween costume I got to put together for. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on the air tomorrow. So whatever happened with uh, what, what show? What show are you dressing up for? Uh, I am filling in on prime time on Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays. Okay, there you go. There you go. You guys, are, you and Tim dressing up tomorrow night? I don't know. I want to text Tim because I'm actually doing a sports themed costume, but like it's a popular sports person in the, in the, you know, in the, the lexicon and the jargon and the space nowadays, I don't think we'll show up as the same person though. <laughs> oh, that's what you're worried about. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, I thought you were worried about if people were going to get it or not. I was like, yeah, I think you're, Oh no, you'll, you'll definitely know who I am. When you see get it. It. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you'll definitely yeah. know who I am. You know I, I was going to no. for the money. I don't even know what that is. What is that? It's a sports uh, gambling movie. You got to watch it. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Uh, what year did it come out? 
2005. It's in your wheelhouse. Okay, it's all right. All right. It's, yeah, it's in my wheelhouse. All right, I'll watch it. I'll put it on the list then. I'll, Wait, I'll did, you, the list. Zach, did you just know the exact year off the top of your head? No, I looked it up real quick. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm really impressed by that. Zach now, Zach now knows my parameters when it comes yeah. to movies. So. It's one of those movies uh, at the time. It was where it felt like there was very little other gambling movies out there. You were like, oh, this is sweet, like Pacino, McConaughey. And then you'd watch the whole movie and you're like, it's really not that good of a movie. Zach, were you, were you displeased with my text the other day when I said my favorite sports comedy is Mr. 3000? Only because there's so many other good ones in that time range that you do not watch. You're, you're swearing off Caddyshack, Major yeah. League. <laughs> I, I sat right where I am right now and laughed so hard at that text message because I guess I've never asked you that that question, JVT, and it makes it it's it's in your time range, so I understand. And it's it's Bernie Mac, who I love. It's not a horrible movie. It's yeah. just I've never won. I don't even know. Remember the last time I've heard someone bring up that movie, much I less say it. it's their favorite movie. God, I absolutely <laughs> love Mr. Three Thousand. It's great. It's fantastic. We we not. Is that our, our producer, I'm, I'm Brian Ortega? Way, way too many other options to choose from. <laughs> no, I got nothing. It, it, it's just these old movies, they look terrible. Like, as I've said, my one of my I have two claims to fame on the network when it comes to movies. The first is Matt, uh, Matt Humans once asked me when we were first doing a show together many years ago if I had seen Cool Hand Blue, to which I responded, favorite. to which I responded, Is that a movie about a baseball pitcher? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like astonished because I guess it's a cowboy movie. Um, the second is, as I have told on the, I'm not ashamed of this at all. So my wife, Zach is, uh, you know, she's first generation out here. Her family is from Mexico. So her parents learned how to speak English, specifically her dad by watching movies. And so her dad watched a whole bunch of old school action movies, right? Well, for him at the time is current. So like all those eighties action flicks are like Cod Van Dam and Arthur Schwarzenegger, (laughs) all those things. Like she's watched them like a million times over. She made me watch Predator for the first time. I had never seen it. Um, she made me watch Goodfellas for the first time. I had never seen it. So, yeah, that's nope, <laughs> nothing. I just pulled up like right away these sports comedy movies. I'm going to even just play, I'm going to play by the JVT. Battle rules. some up. So yeah, your second really favorite like, is Benchwarmers or something? Like, I'm not, I'm Dude, not gonna great movie. Yeah. Actually, it is. It is. When he gives him, when he gives him the piece of paper and written in crayon, I am 12. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Like, okay, real quick. We're just going to rapid fire. Zach, we're, we're just going to ignore JVT real quick. Ja- Zach, tell me if this is better or worse than Mr. 3000. Dodgeball. Better. The Waterboy. Better. Water Boy. better. Okay, I forgot about Waterboy. Yeah, Happy yeah. Gilmore. Better. Oh, I forgot about Happy Gilmore. Goo. Yeah. Ooh, better. The Sandlot. <laughs> I, I, my hot take for the yeah, Sandlot yeah, yeah. is, is worse. Yep. Oh, you found one? Okay. Talladega Nights. Better. Oh, that's a good one. That's actually, you know what? I like to keep going here, Jay. No, you, you know what? No, see, you know what? So that just goes to my lack of movie knowledge. You're right. I actually had a DVD of Talladega Nights, and I watched it like 20 times. Yeah, I exactly. love that. I love it's that. It's okay movie. for you to say you like Mr. 3000. Just don't say it's your favorite sports comedy. <laughs> there's a, what is it? His dad, when he's trying to get him to drive fast, he's like, there's 20 pounds of Colombian Bam Bam strapped to the roof of your car. <laughs> great. God, I love that movie. All right. With that, you could guess my humor level. Absolutely fantastic. That's also where I get the, uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. When he's sitting there getting interviewed at the end of the, oh, that's great. the, end of the that's race. That's great to see every day. Yeah. Like like, yep. Why am I always waving at things? <laughs> No, and I say, actually, I said it. I think I even said it to you guys earlier today. One of my favorite lines I like to say, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. It's such a great, don't you? I hope you have wonderful, beautiful, articulate children that learn to read and write and dance elegantly. And I hope they lose everything. Uh, all right, we're done. Uh, Zach, I think Steven's going to get mad and probably cut all of this. So make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and check out everything we have to offer up on the website. Articles go up early, man. I got mine up. I get mine up generally about 5 a.m. Pacific time. I think, Zach, you're up at about, what, 8, 9 o'clock? Yeah, in the like 8.30. 
So make sure you get those uh, eyes on those, get those peepers on there, and check out a numbers game as well. And live that Saturday. Yes, because that's where Telly's at. So, all right, decent.com. We'll see you tomorrow here on Harvard Handicappers. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.